It is great to be with all of you here today, and I'm especially honored to be invited into your home, those of you who are watching with us right now through Faith Troy at Home. And if you are at home, um, this is actually the perfect opportunity for you to invite someone to come to church with you today. So take a minute. One of our hosts, uh, will, they will be happy. They're going to put a, a special link in the chat system. You can click on that link, and you can send somebody in your family. You can send a friend. Um, you can send somebody from school or from work. You can send them an invitation to join you today. For church. Now, we have been in this series called Come and See for the past several weeks, and we've been talking about really in this series what does it really mean um, to say that we follow Jesus. And if you are new or newer to faith, uh, this series is incredibly important for, for all of us, um, but especially if you're new or newer to faith, because this series is giving us a chance, um, even if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, to, to remind ourselves what it is that, why it is that we do what we do, and, and how each of us are to ask and to invite other people to come and, and see Jesus. And um, as, uh, the, throughout this series, we've actually made a, a number of very interesting discoveries about what this means to really follow Jesus. And in fact, we made a few, we discovered a couple over these last couple of weeks, there are some prerequisites, right? There's some prerequisites for all of us in following Jesus. First, you've got to be a sinner, right? So check, right? And then second, right, second, doubts are expected. We discovered that Jesus, and we have discovered that the people Jesus invited to follow him in the first century, the truth is, um, they're just like you, they're just like me. They're, they're people who have questions, people who have doubts. Um, they're even people who, who weren't quite sure that Jesus you know, was the son of God, that they weren't really sure that he was who he claimed to be. And Jesus said, that's okay, right? That's okay. You can bring your unbelief, um, you can bring your sin, you can bring your questions. I just want you, Jesus says, to come and see. Now we also discovered, again, for all of us as followers of Jesus, the goal is not just simply to follow, that Jesus actually has something in mind and in store for each of us, that Jesus, um, no matter how long or how short we've been following him, um, Jesus actually wants to make each of us into something, right? And the, the point is not to, we discovered last week, it's not to rank yourself, it's not to grade yourself, um, it, it's simply to take that next step in following Jesus. Um, and so you discover what Peter, Andrew, James, and John discovered. That Jesus does not want something from you, not at all. He wants something for you. But until you actually take that next step, you'll never know what it is. And again, if you haven't been with us for these last couple of weeks, then I highly encourage you to go back, um, watch or, or listen to those messages, because they are critical messages for helping each of us to discover um, what it is as followers of Jesus, Jesus has called us to do as his church, and what it means to invite people to come and see Jesus. Now today, as we continue in this series, um, I want us to focus in for a little bit on the single greatest obstacle, right? The single greatest obstacle that, that all of us face collectively, individually, and in actually seeing our Heavenly Father transform the lives of people, right? In this place, outside of this place, the single greatest obstacle to us seeing that happen is me, Right, and see, what makes this so challenging is I've always found the idea of me to be very compelling. I don't know about you. In fact, you, right, you're interesting, right? But me, see, that's compelling, right? And the truth is you probably feel the same way, right? Because it's always easy. It's always easy to make decisions when the subject or the question is me, when the choices are all about me. How do I feel? What do I like? What do I not like? What makes me feel comfortable? What makes me feel uncomfortable? 
right? And the truth is, there really are some great benefits for me when it comes to following Jesus. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better friend, right? You're going to forgive quicker. You're going to be a better student. You're going to be a better boss. You're going to be a better leader. Um, you're, you're going to be a better spouse, right? There are always tremendous benefits for me when it actually comes to following Jesus. In fact, Jesus even said this. He said, listen, if you obey what, I, what it is that I command you, um, you're like a person who builds their house on the rock. And if you don't obey what I command you, you're like a person who builds their house on sand. And when the storms of life come, if your house is built on the rock, you'll stand. And if not, you won't. Right? In fact, some of you um, have experienced this. Some of you know people who have experienced tremendous storms in life. And because they had a firm faith foundation, um, they've, weathered, right? they've weathered incredible difficulties, incredible, um, incredibly difficult situations. Right? So the truth is, there are always amazing benefits for me when it comes to following Jesus. But see, somewhere along the way, what everyone discovers is that if I'm really following Jesus then it really can't all be just about consuming, right? If I'm really following Jesus, then everything can't really be about me. Now, in Mark chapter 8, um, Mark cues us into this incredible discussion um, that Jesus has with his disciples um, that really helps us to see some, some great big questions in life. Um, that, that all of us ask at some point or another. And, and Mark uh, begins this by saying this. He says, he tells us that Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, okay, um, who do people say that I am? And, and you've probably heard this before, but see, here's the thing that's always so interesting to me about this question. This is actually the question you should never ask anybody. Right, because you might actually be embarrassed to find out what people are saying about you. Because maybe you don't want to know what people really think about you. Right? But Jesus, he knows that people are, are coming up to all kinds of conclusions about who he is. Because of what he's been doing, what he's been teaching. And so he asks his closest followers, um, who do people say that I am? And so his disciples tell him. They tell him, listen, some people actually think you're John the Baptist. Right? Which is weird. Because John had been executed. And, and so some people apparently thought that Jesus was John the Baptist reincarnated, right? That's, that's odd. Um, other people, they said, well, they think that you're Elijah. And, and still other people, they just think you're, you're one of the prophets. And Jesus says, okay, okay, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. But what about you? I mean, you're, you're my closest followers. Like, who, who, who do you say I am? Right, and it's in this moment that, that Peter responds with his best Arnold Horshack, right? Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. I know who you are. You are the Christ. Now, you probably know this, but Christ isn't Jesus' last name, right? This is a title. This is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, and it means anointed one. And see, this is really interesting. Peter is saying, I know exactly who you are. You are the Son of God. You are the anointed one. And then something amazing, something very interesting happens. Because Mark tells us that once his disciples know exactly who he is, Jesus begins to teach them that the Son of Man, who is Jesus, must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise. Again, Mark even tells us that Jesus spoke plainly about these things. And Peter, right, who just identified Jesus publicly, Jesus took Peter aside and began 
to rebuke him, right? You got to picture this. This is like, okay, um, and Peter grabs Jesus by the shoulders and pulls him back, and he's like, okay, Jesus, what is going on with you today? Like, what's, what's with the big downer mood? I mean, everybody loves you, Jesus. You are, you're hugely popular. You are insanely popular, Jesus. This is great, right? This is great. Jesus, this is great for you, and it's great for me because I'm with you, and this is phenomenal, right? This is amazing. Everywhere you go, people love you, and what is this whole, they're going to kill me thing? I mean, you remember what you just did in the lake a couple of weeks ago? You made the storm stop? Like, how in the world is a person going to kill someone who can control the weather? Like, Jesus, that doesn't even make sense. Like, nobody's going to kill you. And then Mark tells us that Jesus, when this happened, Jesus then turned and he looked at the disciples, but he rebuked Peter. And you've heard this before. He said, get behind me. Satan, right? Jesus is saying, Peter, come on, listen, Peter, let's be, let's be honest, right? You've enjoyed following me, right? This has been good for you, Peter. I get it. I understand. You're that fisherman, right? You're that crazy fisherman who just a little while ago caught this enormous amount of fish, right? I get it. You're famous, Peter. I get it. Things have been good for you. But Peter, let's be honest. You're thinking like a consumer, you're thinking about how, what you're going to get out of this. And, and, and I get it. It's been good for you to follow me. But, but Peter, Jesus is saying, come on, at some point, right, at some point, you're going to have to follow me somewhere you don't want to go. In fact, Peter, let me tell you this, you're going to have to follow me at some point when you don't like what I'm doing. At some point, Peter, a situation is going to develop, and following me, Peter, is going to make you very, very uncomfortable. And when that happens, Peter, I want to know that you're with me. And see, Peter, the reason I'm speaking so harshly to you right now is because, listen, this whole situation, it's actually exposed something going on inside of you, Peter, because you don't have the concerns of God in mind. No, Peter, you're just simply thinking about human concerns. And then Jesus, right, then Jesus, he takes this moment to teach not only his apostles, but every single person who would ever follow Jesus in the future. And he calls, Mark tells us, very interesting, he calls together not only the 12, but he calls to himself the crowd as well. And listen to what Jesus says to all of these people in this moment. And this is where we have to stop and remind ourselves, right, that this is, that Jesus is speaking literally, physically to a group of people who are eyeball to eyeball with him, and he is having a conversation with these people in the moment, and what Jesus is about to say to this group of people, it is absolutely literal because of what is literally going to happen to him. Right, Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem, he's going to be tried, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be found guilty, and he's going to be crucified. And so Jesus looks at this crowd of, of people and he says, and this is what he says to them. And see, the good news is this, listen, what Jesus says is going to happen to them, that's not what's going to happen to you. No matter how closely you follow Jesus, you live in the United States, you, you live in Canada, you live in Europe, you live in the West. No matter how closely you follow Jesus, you will not be crucified. Right? You may have to make some difficult choices, absolutely. You may have to, to give up some things, no doubt. But nothing, nothing like what these people were about to face. Jesus looks at this crowd of people with his disciples and he says to them, whoever wants to be my disciple, right, whoever wants to be my follower, they must deny themselves 
and take up their cross and follow me. Right? Whoever wants to be a Jesus disciple, a, a Jesus follower, not simply a Jesus consumer. Not just I like Jesus because he makes my relationships better. He makes my family better. He makes my marriage better. Right? Absolutely, there are some tremendous benefits for me when it comes to following Jesus. But Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, then from time to time, you will in fact have to deny yourself. And see, this isn't some big like, ex, you know, existential theological concept, right? That's not what Jesus is saying right now. Anyone who's ever been on a diet knows what Jesus is talking about. Everyone, and anyone who's ever tried to, to eat healthy knows what Jesus is talking about right now. Um, would you like to supersize that? No. I'm going to deny myself. Right? Jesus is saying, listen, I'm, there are going to be moments when there will be points of tension in your life where what you want for you and what I want for you, Jesus says, are different. And in those moments, you will have to decide, am I going to be a consumer or am I going to be a follower? And if you want to be a follower, Jesus is saying, then you will have to deny yourself. Jesus says you are going to have to learn how to say no to you in order to follow me. I don't want you to be surprised, Jesus is saying. I don't want you to say, well, well nobody ever told me this part. If you follow me from this point forward, this moment in history, when he's talking to this crowd, from that moment forward, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be surprised to know that at some point, you may even have to take up a cross. Now, when we hear cross, we think jewelry, right? We think art, we think decoration, right? We've never seen a cross used the way it was meant to be used. We've never smelled it. We've never heard it. You may have seen a movie about it, but we've never experienced it. But see, the people Jesus was talking to that day, they had. They had seen many, many Roman crosses. Because Rome always put crosses in very public places. And Rome always left them there for a long, long time in order to terrify people into submission. And see, Jesus says, listen, I need you to understand I want you to understand, if you're going to follow me from this point forward, it will cost you something. You are going to have to deny yourself. And see, it's at this point in the conversation where some of the people listening to Jesus that day said, okay, maybe this is where I say bye-bye. Right, Jesus, this has been really great. I mean, you are such an amazing teacher, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, your words. I've never heard anyone speak as well as you. And the miracles, oh, Jesus, the miracles, the bread, like that was just so over the top, Jesus. I mean, come on, nobody, nobody feeds a crowd like you, Jesus. Just so incredible, like honor, the honor, just such a privilege to hear you, hear you teach. But, Jesus, I just, I just have to tell you, I mean, I, I, just, I just don't know, like, is this really going to be... You know, for me, I mean, not for you. It's fine for you, but for me, I'm just saying, Jesus, I, I don't really know, um, you know, that it's, it's really going to be worth it. I'm not, I'm not really sure, Jesus. You see, Jesus knows. He knows your thoughts. He knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. I mean, I, I remember thinking back in my 20s and in college and thinking to myself, and I'll just 
Maybe you thought this too. I've thought it, so maybe you did. Maybe, you know, maybe, um, maybe I should just follow Jesus like later, you know, like when I'm 50. Because like, what do you even have to look forward to when you're 50? Right? I know, I mean, I know he knows what we're thinking. He knows what you're thinking, what I'm thinking, right? I mean, we, we get, it's not that you don't, it's not that you don't believe, right? That's, I mean, right? It's not that you don't believe. You just think I'll be back later. I'll just be back later, right? If you're honest, you just don't want to say no to you. Jesus understands, I mean, clearly, right? Clearly, Jesus understands that. So Jesus is looking at this crowd, and they're just like us, right? They're just like you. They're just like me. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to, to say to everyone who is listening to him that day, um, listen, before you all get freaked out and leave, and before you start getting all worried about what this might cost you at some point, what following me, um, what that's going to do to you, you, just, you, you need to have a little bit different perspective, um, something that you should know, in fact. You should know that whoever... Whoever wants to save their life, right? Whoever wants to save, you want to save your life, Jesus is saying, and all of us would say, yes, absolutely. Anyone who's ever dieted before, anyone who's ever tried to eat healthy before, any of us, we've all, we would absolutely say, yes, Jesus, I absolutely, I want to try to save my life. And Jesus says, well, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, right? And that's true, isn't it? No matter how much you diet, no matter how much you exercise, no matter how many bad habits you break, no matter how many things you, 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 you choose to stay away from in life, at some point, no matter how hard you work to save your life, you and I will lose it. But, Jesus says, whoever, whoever loses their life for me, Right, whoever follows me and in the process of following me loses their life, the life that they were going to lose anyway, loses a relationship that was going to end anyway, loses something of value that they were going to die and lose anyway. Whoever loses anything that they would consider to be life or that they would call life or that they would say life is all about, Jesus says, whoever follows me and in the process of following me loses that because they are my disciple or, he says, for the sake of of the gospel will save it. See, Jesus is saying, I want you to understand what's really going on here right now. See, the life that you're trying to save, you're going to actually lose that life. But if you follow me, if you follow me and you lose your life, if you follow me, and in following me, that causes you to lose an opportunity, lose a relationship, lose something of value. Jesus says, I just want you to know you're going to lose that anyway. But if you follow me and in the process of following me, you lose something. Because you had to say no to you in order to say yes to me. I'm telling you, Jesus says, you are saving your life. What seems like a loss is really no loss at all. Jesus is saying, because whatever you're going to lose, you're going to lose that anyway. But see, Jesus isn't done. In fact, he's actually just getting started. He asks the question, what good is it? What good is it for you if you gain the whole world and yet you forfeit, you give up, you walk away from, you turn in, you lose your soul? 
Right? Jesus says, okay, let's just imagine for a moment. Let's imagine you have everything, like everything. And you, let's imagine you have everyone. You have every relationship you've ever wanted. And you have every opportunity. Let, let's just imagine that when people look at you, they say to themselves, that guy has the whole world. Her, right there, she has the whole world. When people see you, they, they just think that they have, they have everything that you could ever possibly want. At the end of that life, Jesus says, that life that you've worked so hard to try to save, that we all live at the end of that life and you had a really amazing life like the best life possible with every opportunity possible let's say at the end of that life that you're going to lose and that we can't hold on to anyway you realize that you forfeited that you gave up that you walked away from your soul what good is that Jesus says or let's think about it a different way or let's say what can a person give or what could a person give in exchange for their soul? In other words, Jesus says, okay, let's flip this around for a minute. Let's say you're at the end of your life. And you've had a really great life. You've had every opportunity. You've had every relationship. You've got it all. You've got everything that you ever wanted. And suddenly you realize, suddenly it dawns on you as you're at the end of your life. Oh, no. Right? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm about to go to an eternity where I have forfeited my soul. Jesus says, in that moment, what would you be willing to exchange to get your soul back? And see, the answer, you know the answer. You would trade everything. You would trade all. You would not negotiate. What do I have to do to not forfeit my soul? Give up everything I have? No problem. Why? Because I'm going to lose it anyway. And see, in this moment, Jesus answers both of these questions. What good is it for you if you gain the whole world and yet you forfeit your soul? It is no good. It is no good. And what would you, what would a person give in exchange for their soul? You would give everything. Everything. And see, Jesus says, look at what you discovered about yourself. Those of you who are afraid to follow me because you wonder if it's going to be worth it, or not? Those of you who are afraid to follow me because you realize at some point it might cost you something, you have just made a remarkable discovery about yourself. You consider your soul to be of greater value than all of your possessions. You consider your soul to be of greater worth than any place you might go, any person you might date, any opportunity you might have. In fact, you consider your soul to be more valuable than all of your possessions and all of your future possessions. And that is an amazing, life-changing discovery for anyone. And so the people who were listening to Jesus that day, they, they realized, okay, wait a minute, Jesus, um, listen, um, th this isn't, there's more going on here than, than we thought because you're right. Whatever, whatever it is that we have to give up to follow you, we were going to lose that anyway. But Jesus, what you're saying, Jesus, what you're saying is that right now we actually have an opportunity to, to give those very same things up in such a way um, that it's going to benefit positively. It, it's going to impact positively our souls and so really Jesus really if I'm following you really what you're saying is this is not nearly as much of a sacrifice 
as we thought, to which Jesus says, exactly, right? The future of your soul. I mean, come on, the future of another soul is worth far, far more than anything on the planet. But see, Jesus still isn't done. He continues and he says this. Listen, and remember, he's talking to an actual group of people who are sitting right in front of him. He says, listen, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, right? In other words, if somebody looks at you and they're like, okay, what, what, is, what is up with you? Are you one of those Jesus, like, church people things like what what what's going on with you I don't what why why do you act this way why will you not come with us why won't you why why won't you join us I don't understand and and, and your response to Jesus is saying oh like oh no no it's not, I was just there for the miracles I was just there checking it out right to see if it was I was just if Jesus says if you have to start denying yourself and when you start denying yourself you discover that you are in fact ashamed to be associated with me Jesus says listen then the Son of Man, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And it's like, what is this? Right? In fact, what we discover all through the New Testament, Jesus teaches this repeatedly. That at some point in the future, every single one of us, all of us, we either have to or we get to. We either have to or we get to give an account for what it is that each of us did with our lives. And see, listen, if the thought of that kind of ties your stomach up in knots a little bit because you look back on your life and you think about decisions that you made or decisions that you wish you wouldn't have made, if this terrifies you because of that, who is it? Who is it that was front and center during this whole conversation? Who is the person that prompted Jesus to, to give us this entire um, explanation and dialogue? Who is it that promised that they would never be ashamed of Jesus, that they would follow Jesus everywhere? In fact, they would fight and die with Jesus. That is until a middle school girl said that she saw this person with Jesus, and then this person started to curse and say that he had never even met Jesus. Who is that person, right? This is not a trick question. Who is it? Peter. Peter, that's right. Do you know what Jesus did to Peter when that happened? He forgave him. He forgave him. And if that's your story, like it's Peter's story, then you need to know your Heavenly Father absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, He absolutely forgives you as well. Because, see, the truth is this, right? Taking up our own cross, taking up your own cross, that is only possible once you've seen Jesus take up His. 
as we wrap this up today, here's where I want this really big conversation to kind of land for all of us. Because this is one of those, this is one of those sections of scripture. It impacts and it touches all of us and it impacts us in a bunch of different ways. But here's, here's where I want us to, to wrap this up together today. Um, belonging, right? Belonging is free, right? Belonging is free. That costs us nothing. Belonging to the family of God through Jesus, right? That is absolutely free. You can't And you do not have to do anything to earn that. At the cross, Jesus paid the price for you to belong. Belonging is free. But following Jesus, right, becoming a disciple of Jesus with your life and your lifestyle. Following Jesus, becoming a disciple of Jesus with your life and your lifestyle in this world, in this generation, in this sinful and this adulterous generation, that will cost you something. And in that space between belonging and becoming is believing. It's listening and learning. It's taking Jesus fishing. Right? It's, it's saying to Jesus, okay, Jesus, I'll let you have a little bit of my time. It's saying, Jesus, okay, I've seen enough. Jesus, I've experienced enough. Jesus, I, I want to surrender my whole life to you. Because if you're really following If you're really following, it can't be about you. It can't be uh, about me. Living on mission with Jesus, eventually that is going to cost each of us something. And see, the truth is, as your pastor, okay, as agonizing and as heart-wrenching and as overwhelming as those moments are for all of us, and I could tell you stories from elementary school to middle school to high school to college to before marriage to after marriage to having kids, I I get it. I I get it. I understand how agonizing and and anxiety-provoking those moments in life are, but as your pastor, I'm telling you, I wish that for all of you. Because it is in those moments, unlike any other moment, that you will in fact discover who and whose you really are. You will discover in those moments that you are not simply a consumer. That you are a follower because you have learned how to say no to you in order to follow Jesus. A couple of years ago, um, a guy from our our church, a, a friend of mine, um, we were talking, and he was telling me about um, some consolidation happening in his industry. He's in sales. And, um, and, and um, we were talking about, he knew something was coming down the, the road. Um, and uh, so we were talking. And, and he told me, he said, okay, Joe, um, if I stay with my present company, um, I'm going, in the next two to three years, I, I am going to make more money in the next couple of years if I stay in this position, if I stay with this company, I'm going to make more money in the next couple of years than I've ever made in my career before. My family will be set. My kids will be set. College will be set. Right? And we're talking about this for a couple of weeks. And, and he just kept saying, but Joe, I, I just don't know. I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know um, that I can do it. Right? Because it, it conf- what they wanted him to do, it conflicted um, with his following Jesus ethics. Right, so one day he calls me up, long and short, and he quit. And he did the ugly kind of quit. He did the kind of quit that you never hope you have to do, especially with a wife and with kids. He quit with no place to go, no leads, no opportunities, nothing. He just quit. Six months go by, 
I'd love to tell you after six months he got a job. He didn't. Almost a year later, he finally gets another job. And you know what happened when he finally got that other job? Making less money than he did at the previous job. Still, to this day, makes less money. But you know what he's got tons of? When he kisses his wife at night. When he puts his kids to bed at night. Tons of integrity. Piles of credibility. Huge amounts of moral authority. Jesus follower. Not perfect. Just following. Even. Even. When it costs something. Now for some of you here today, for some of you watching today, um, you right now in this moment, you are thinking to yourself, okay, um, this is really weird because this is exactly what I'm dealing with in my life right now. I have an email, I have a text message, I have a conversation waiting for me at work and I, I've been trying to avoid it, but I can't avoid it any longer. I'm going to have to give them an answer. Um, and, and this has just been tearing you up inside. And, 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 you, and, and listen, um, in light of what you've just discovered about yourself today, um, that you value your soul Right, more than anything else in the entire world. And given the fact of what you're going through right now, what you're going through right now, and that we're actually here together and we're having this conversation together today, I mean, that cannot be a coincidence. Right? And so here's what I would tell you. Listen. At some point in your future, whatever it is that you're experiencing or struggling with right now, at some point in your future, it will be nothing more than a story that you will tell. So the question you've got to answer right now in this moment is what story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story of I couldn't say no to me or do you want to tell the story that I decided to say no to me? What's the story that you want to tell? Becoming a follower of Jesus, becoming a disciple of Jesus, eventually it's going to cost all of us something. But see, that's okay. Because it's in those moments, unlike any other moment, that you will discover who and whose you really are. And I want that. I pray that for you that you would know that you are a follower, that you are loved, that you have a heavenly father and you have a savior who is with you always. Let me pray for you today. Father, I know that for every single one of us, this is one of those, this is one of those, uh, those parts of scripture that it hits all of us differently. Um, it hits us all differently at different stages of life, in different circumstances of life. And Father, for some of us, it, it makes us um, thankful. Um, for others of us, it makes us anxious. Father, for others of us, uh, the truth is it makes us hopeful. Because it, we hear the promise, Jesus. We, we hear the promise that even in the midst of these incredible moments of tension and anxiety that you will be there and you will be faithful and that you will be with us. But Father, my prayer for us as 
your church and especially as followers of Jesus, um, my prayer really is actually just to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for filling this place with men and women and parents and grandparents um, and college students and high school and middle school students who realize that, um, that this isn't about me, that me is nothing more than a distraction from you, a distraction from what it is that you're doing in and through this place, calling people to come and see Jesus, to experience the gospel of Jesus, to experience the life-changing power of Jesus. Father, for the men and women and the people, the students, the adults who have learned how to set aside their own likes and dislikes, their own preferences, their own time, their own resources, who have learned how to make sacrifices, Jesus, to join you in what you're doing in our world right now, building your church. Jesus, to be a part of a place like this, to, to have the privilege to pastor place like this, a people like this. Father, it is the honor of a lifetime, and for all of us, I simply ask that you continue to give us the faith we need, Jesus, to follow you and only you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.